This is Armand Asante. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. The authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You know, you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f- so funny about me. Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stump. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, bloods, wasteoids. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. <laughs> it's time for the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. August 1st, 2015, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios in a very different location today. We're broadcasting live from... Ellington, Connecticut, in the Connecticut River Valley, at a tobacco farm that grows Connecticut tobacco and, of course, specializing in Connecticut broadleaf. Joining us is uh, taking us on our tour today was a fourth-generation brand owner whose family has been using this tobacco for 119 years. Chris Topper from Topper Cigar joins us, but first we're going to have the owner of the farm, John Foster, on with us. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location. And what a location we have this week, the Silverhurst Foster Farm. Uh, We are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light up along with us. You tune in right at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube, which, fingers crossed, that works this week. Really? Uh, And you can set it and forget it on both. This is the one we hope that you're actually watching because of the... What's behind us? We're, we're in a tobacco barn right now, but let's do it. All right. Let's show here we go. What's behind us is what matters here. This is where they grow the tobacco, folks. This is it. This is uh, Broadleaf Tobacco, and with us is John Foster. He's the owner of this place. What a place. What a place. It's heaven. It is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, he, he came packing. He brought beers for everybody. Beers, cigars. Cigars. He bring, knows how to play. Bringing us cigars. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this? I've been doing it for about 15 years. 15 years. Uh, but my, fam- my family has agricultural roots that go back 200 years. All right. Wow. And at one time, they say Connecticut was, they were doing this everywhere in Connecticut, but now it's much, much smaller than it was. Yeah. Connecticut River Valley was mostly tobacco, but it's, it's much smaller than it used to be. But uh, there's still, uh, still a strong presence. And uh, Broadleaf is hot right now. It's in demand. Everybody wants to use it. There's something special about it. I know they try to grow Broadleaf other places. It never works. This is the only place you can actually grow this type of tobacco. It's been tried everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't pulled it off. No, it's, it, it's something about the, uh, about the soil and the climate and uh, combining that with the seed. It's not a make... secret that you know that you could pass on. You've got to be here to do it, right? right? Right. You can only make champagne in the champagne region. You can only grow Connecticut Broadleaf. In Connecticut. Yep. And uh, this specific area in, in this part of Connecticut. Yep. They do have some uh, broadleaf that's in Pennsylvania. Different. Yeah, it's a, it's a different seed strain and has a uh, completely different flavor different to it. Different flavor. So we're going to light up the top of cigar. 
I'm sure you've had this before. They've been customers of yours for a long time. Certainly take one down, pass it down. Uh, might as well get to it and start our smoking. Uh, not that I haven't already had a couple on, on the way. And uh, since I've been here, what, what am I going to smoke but Broadleaf? It has a distinct aroma, um, taste. There's something to Broadleaf. Top has been around 119 years. Right now, uh, well, let's give it a cut and light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Mr. Jonathan. Let's talk about excellence. Let's talk about the Vertigo Churchill, the $24.99. Let John try one of these. This is pretty cool. So what happens on this lighter, John, is if you let the flame stay lit for just a little bit, it actually changes color. It gets a a reddish or an orange hue to it. So you can see the flame because we have direct sunlight right now. I said to Dave, Dave, why don't we set up inside where there's shade? And he said, no, no, no. I got this. We can sit out in the sun. And And bake. uh, I'm going to tell you this. One of my balls actually just got sweated off. Yeah. It rolled down my leg and is now on the crate underneath we us. We want to be able to see this. We want to be able to see the tobacco fields. We want to be able to see some of the barn. The idea is that the people that can't be with us, we're going to bring you as close as possible to, be, to see everything. Um, the tobacco leaves right behind us. This is one of the tobacco leaves. And, boy, I'll tell you, it came off the, the plant. I don't know if we were supposed to take one off the plant, but we did. <laughs> we, we just chewed into your margin right there. And it was stiff. Minutes ago, and then just sitting here and stuff, it's wilting like unbelievable. I was as well, and I am wilted. There it is. As you touch this tobacco leaf, and I've been to tobacco fields across the world, but this tobacco is very different. You just just by touching it in your in your fingers. Now my fingers are sticky, like it was in maple syrup or something. There's an oil or something going on there. What's happening, John? What is this? We use a lot of uh, organic fertilizer. Yeah. So the the. The organic fertilizers have a lot of oil content to them, and that's when uh, when the, the tobacco cures. It almost has, like, little black dots or bumps on it, and that's, like, you know, grease or grass. Okay. And um, it makes the, the quality of the tobacco so much better. Now, well, you were saying before we started that there that some tobaccos you can stock cure and some you can— Stock cut. Stock cut. In other words, cut the whole stock instead of— Pulling leaf by leaf off, and other ones you can do it by the primings. Can you? We, we've got some listeners that are new to the whole tobacco process, so if you could give us a quick walkthrough of what the difference is. Well, there's three main types of tobacco in Connecticut. There's Connecticut Shade, which is all primed, they, meaning they pick two or three, three leaves off at a time. There's uh, Connecticut Habano, which is could either be stock cut and cured, or it could be primed. Um, we prefer the stock cut and cured. We think there's better quality. You're doing the Habano also. Yep. Yeah. And then there's Connecticut Broadleaf, which is very large leaves, and that really is predominantly only stock cut and cured. Yep. So you stuck the, you, you cut the whole tree, basically, of it, and then they're, they're taken into this barn that we're in. Yep. And then hung up, just like we saw tobacco hung up before, not stringed necessarily by each leaf, but the whole stock put up here, um, and then actually dried out, and it changes color. And then here's we have a hand, that's the proper word, a hand of that tobacco. And I'll tell you, very, it's the same exact tobacco, but very different. The aroma, I wish you could, this was smell-o-vision, and you could smell (laughs) this tobacco. We need to bottle that aroma. It's it's, It's it's unbelievable. It's raisiny, sweet. 
fantastic. I mean, I'm, this is what I got, got addicted to cigars. This is what did it to me is the aroma of this tobacco. And Topper is one of the first cigars that we ever – I started my retail business in 1985 – and one of the first brands, the first day we opened the store, we took our cigars in, and one of the brands was Topper Cigars. So we opened a full box of Toppers, and then we had little packs of tobacco of Topper Cigars. We put those out, and setting the whole store up and a few customers that came in. The following day, we closed up that night. The following day, I opened the store, and that's what I could smell. Oh, my God. It's perfume to me. If you love the <laughs> aroma... There's nothing like the smell of Broadleaf. It's, it's different than it must smell else. a lot like money to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's we, a great, it's a great smell. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's awesome. If we can back up to the process of hanging the tobacco in a barn, what is the advantage of doing it stalk cut versus pulling? Like, does uh, does the tobacco taste better? Is it become more oily? Like, what's the benefit of doing it from stalk? I, uh, I, when it when it's stalk cut and cured. Uh, the tobacco has the the it's still attached to the main trunk of the plant, right? So it can kind of pass. Uh, still take some of the absorb that. Yeah, yeah. absorb some of the the moisture yeah. and pass the it back and forth and yeah. nutrients. And yeah. um, we find that the quality is is better. There is one disadvantage, and by cutting a whole plant at once, it's it's very difficult to handle. Um, rather than just handling two leaves, yeah, which yeah. can be uh, it, it, it's 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 a whole learning curve as far as getting it into the the barn very sound because well uh, you cut it and you lay it actually out on the ground for a period of time yep to let and the, it wilts just like that leaf yeah. to let the sun bake yeah, on yeah, you it. and you, you, you can take, take you can take this leaf now and move it around you know and yeah, it's and, not gonna break and it's not gonna break because yeah. of the sun wilting yeah yeah boy that didn't take long i'll tell you we put this out 10 minutes before we started the show when i walked over to pick it up i'm like holy mackerel look it's a, it's a different product at this point but it's broad leaf the, the leaf is wide uh thick stem in the inside of it this is what broad leaf is um and it's able to go through the process the fermenting process to darken the leaf for maduro cigars right basically yep that's the correct. biggest part that it's used yep so uh, amazing. How many acres do you have here? We have, uh, we grow about 70 acres. 70 acres. Yep. Um, and one one time a year. You do it all at Yeah, one we time. get one crop a year yeah, and that's, that's it. it. That's it. So this is it. How's the year? So far, it's been it's been pretty good. It's been wet on in certain parts of the valley. Um, on in our area, not not as much. Which is uh, good for you. Which is you good. Want a drier and, yeah, we want a drier climate. We we were getting a little too dry last week, but then we got an inch and a half of rain. Right. So you uh, guys are really watching the weather, right? Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> weather is money. right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's uh, there's always something wrong with the weather. So and you're saying so far you're only a week away from cutting this stuff down. Yeah. So you look at it uh, behind us. It's a short plant to begin with, folks. Um, you know, if you've saw tobacco plants before in some magazines and things like that, or if you're lucky enough to have gone to um, Dominican Republic or Honduras, Nicaragua, the plants are usually higher, but broadleaf only grows this high. Yeah. You get, another week, you're going to get another couple inches out of it maybe? Uh, the, the leaves will get a little bit bigger, but yeah, we yeah. went through and broke all the plants down, broke all the flowers off. Yes, yes, to keep the so nutrients to the... All, all the nutrients go to the leaf. There we go. So, uh, listen, um, it is Connecticut Broadleaf is hot. you got uh, major players uh, using it like it's the first time, like it's something new. But then you got people like Topper, 119 years, they're using Broadleaf. They always knew it was great. So it, it's fantastic. Uh, I love it. I love the taste. I love the aroma, um, the, the value of the product itself. 
has gone up dramatically. This is your call, or how does that whole uh, pricing thing work? Well, the, uh, the, 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 there was a big increase during the 90s, during the tobacco boom, boom yeah. but it hasn't, hasn't changed dramatically since, since that time. Okay. It's been more stable since that time. Okay. The costs have gotten a lot, a lot higher. Yeah, your fertilizer, your manpower. Labor, yeah. ev- everything. Um, but is it you that determines the price to the tobacco um, brand brand owner or the cigar factory comes in and says, "Okay, we want to buy so much tobacco from you." Say, "Okay, it's this much a pound." Or, uh, well, there's a, there there's an average market price, but there is uh, it, it all comes down to what the yields are because tobacco uh, is a, it's a, it's the whole plant is cut at once, and uh, there's varying degrees of wrapper yields. Some crops, some farms produce you know, 60% wrapper, and some produce 10% wrapper. Yeah. You want and more, yeah. it's better. And and for a premium cigar maker or any cigar maker that's you, that's uh, making a broadleaf wrap cigar, yeah. uh, they want the highest yields they can get. So yeah. it's a, it's, there's, there's negotiation in there. So I know some misconceptions is, um, are you growing wrapper? You know, people will say, are you growing wrapper? And we're always trying to grow wrapper. But yeah, you're you, growing wrapper, binder, the, short fill, long fill. Right. You're growing it all at the same time. Right. And what ends up happening is You hope the most pass- is wrapper, you hope. <laughs> the market and the money's in wrapper. Yes, right, right. So, uh, geez, it, it's very, very interesting. Right now, do you want to say how much wrapper is a pound or, you know, about? You know, what's the well, price? Well, the, the, uh, the, uh, the wrapper market um, is, it fluctuates depending on whether it's, it's Lijero wrapper, Visa wrapper, Seco wrapper. But I think the t- top grade in Broadleaf is somewhere around $22, $24 a pound. Okay. So uh, you are grading to um, primings, yet you start cutting it. So you you hang the stalk up there. It it uh, it first wilts, then you hang it up, and then you dry it and you go through it. Now at that point, you're taking uh, the leaves off and separating by uh, you're going through that whole process of wood priming anyway. Yeah, we we do uh, we do some grading here. Some some uh, manufacturers want to just buy the whole you know the whole mixed uh, lot uh-huh. and do their own processing. Um, some of them we do the we do some basic. Uh, grading for them. We have um, some facilities here that do like basic grading so that, that people know what they're getting. Okay. And, and pe- but somebody would come in and say, I'm taking everything. Yeah. And that leaves poor Chris Topper well, to, that, oh, what am I going to do? Well, they, 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 they have multiple brands that can use different parts of uh-huh. the, so um, they may use the, the heavy wrappers, but they also might use the binders as well and, and may have some short filler blends that use a little bit of broadleaf. Wow. So that, those are the larger manufacturers. All right. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. Um, and you plan on uh, going to the next generation? You got family members that want to take over from, from you? And well, it's gonna... interesting because my, my original uh, homestead that I live in, uh, it's been in the family 200 years. Wow. And uh, we've had, I'm like the eighth, ninth generation of uh, a farmer. Um, but for over 100 years, no one wanted to grow tobacco. So I started working um, in, an, in as a tobacco uh, hander in a field when I was 14 years old. I really fell in love with tobacco and um, just started growing tobacco on my own really small and uh grew a few acres which has increased over the years and um i acquired this farm um it's it's a preserved farm it's never going to be developed there's uh deed restrictions on it and um 
and it's uh, it's it's been a great great thing for me. Uh, I have two daughters, but they're uh, young. But you know, maybe they'll be in the tobacco business too. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, what do you find your biggest uh, obstacle is in uh, being a, a tobacco farmer with you right now? Well, besides the weather, I yeah. mean, we're it's it's the same thing that the rest of the industry is is uh, is the, dealing with the it's government. A, the government, yeah, the government. And uh, if the government end up shutting it down, we're talking a lot of. You know, you must have a lot of employees that have to cut this tobacco and and cure it and go through this process. Everybody loses their job. Cigar tobacco in Connecticut brings in millions and millions of dollars to the local economy. Um, There's there's thousands of people employed. There's over 100 growers. um, And, you know, everyone wants to see that continue continue on. No one wants to have... Well, everyone that has it as their job wants to see it continue. Well, a lot of... I mean... Uh, I'm from a farming family. A lot of a lot of the other growers are from farming families that have been, you know, three, four, five generations. Well, keep your hands off not only our humidors, but keep your hands off the farmers. Uh, you know, they have to subsidize some farmers. You don't get any subsidy, right? You get no, we don't get any get subsidy. Nothing. nothing. No. <laughs> uh, and they, they just try to hurt you. And this is a cash crop that employs a lot of people. And uh, I'm just urging if there's, if there's any politicians out there, come look at how beautiful this is uh, and, and 200 years of a family business that you end, end up wanting to, you know, stop a, 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 a cigar, product. A, a legal product being sold. You don't even realize how far it goes. And you think it's only um, some of these uh, uh, countries like Honduras and things. No, it's, it's right here in the United States in Connecticut. So uh, talk about hitting home. I mean, we're not too far from here. We're in New Hampshire. Uh, as we pulled in, it was like, isn't this amazing where we are? Well, we're driving through a neighborhood, and then all of a sudden there's tobacco fields. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> right. It was definitely That's exactly what we're dealing with. Right. We have, we're, we're right in the middle. You know, tobacco farming right in the middle of suburbia. Right. This it's definitely crazy. not like forging a river in Esteli to go to the fields. <laughs> it's a little bit more yeah. uh, modern. Yeah. Yes, don't take this away. Keep keep us there. So, John, I can't thank you enough for letting us come here and uh, see all this and be part of it. Uh, it's awesome. Continued success to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, and um, uh, thank you for having me on the show. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get ready to celebrate his family's 120th anniversary in the cigar business. Chris Topper, a fourth generation of the Topper brand, joins us to take take us through his history and the history of him and the Connecticut tobacco that he uses. Uh, We're live from the Tobacco Bonds and Fields in Ellington, Connecticut, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Network. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Come on, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. 
five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand-pick, hand-roll, and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Mr. Punch is back with a new cigar that keeps it true to his name. Introducing Punch Signature, a flavorful, fuller-bodied cigar from Punch featuring a specially cultivated Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper and rich Nicaraguan fillers. The wrapper brings the deep history of Ecuadorian tobacco and Punch into the present with this new exciting leaf. You're not going to see that wrapper anywhere else in the market, so you owe it to yourself to grab one today. The new Punch Signature, true to its name. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are... Oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, 
nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. I get so smoking hot when I listen to the Cigar Authority. Who needs a lighter? And we are back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. Today located in the tobacco fields in Barnes in Connecticut. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, a weekly broadcast now five years running about cigars and the nonsense that surround them. No nonsense today. Today, fourth-generation brand owner who not only makes his home here in Connecticut, he's been using the tobacco here on this farm for coming up on 120 years. Welcome to the Cigar Authority, Chris Topper. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me here. Thank, thank you for having us here. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, introducing us to John and seeing this beautiful tobacco and the, the aroma of it. And uh, I only wish we could... What we're smelling and what we're seeing for uh, everybody that listens. We can to add it into the care package, which, by the way, this is one of the cigars in this month's the first care one, package. The first one that uh, people who bought into this uh, can now smoke along with us, and I hope you are. This is the Topper Brava, which is um, the first Topper. Correct. The first one, 119 years ago. Started with my great-grandfather in 1896. Oh, my God. And uh, you were using Cuban tobacco. For the yeah, for when we uh, initially started, my uh, great grandfather had, uh, I think, eighteen ninety four. He started with an internship, basically, or he was learning the trade. Okay. Um, so we did that for a couple of years, and then he opened up his own, uh, the first factory in eighteen ninety six. Okay, and uh, still family owned after all these years. Still based in Connecticut, and still using broadleaf. No more Cuban, but who knows? We'll see where that who goes. Who knows? We'll Wouldn't see that be nice? You never know. Uh, as we were saying, uh, there, there is some broadleaf in Pennsylvania. You you have used that in the past. I still do use a little yeah. bit of Pennsylvania broadleaf on okay. our Rosedale line, yes. Okay. To differentiate the, the two lines. All right. And uh, so four generations, your grandfather, um, your great-grandfather, your grandfather, your father, who you worked with for a few years Correct. before he passed yeah. away. And uh, now you, any chance of a fifth generation? You line well, I, have, I have three children, so my oldest is going to college next year, so we'll see how that goes. All right, okay. You, you know, you see with John that he's uh, all these years with farmers and his family. He's got two daughters now hoping that they're going to pass uh, and continue the, the air. And I, I hope it happens for you. I, I, uh, um, I see that you had handmade cigars uh, was the original thing in the 1800s. Correct. We started off with, uh, it was all Cuban long filler, handmade with uh, Connecticut broadleaf wrappers. And then uh, for a while from the 60s, uh, you went to machine-made, but still using all tobacco. We went to machine-made. My uh, In the early 60s, between uh, the embargo and uh, my dad had about 20 rollers left in the factory, and their average age was 70. Wow. wow. So there was just no labor pool for them to continue that way. Yeah. Um, so it was a huge transition from uh, obviously going no uh, long filler, yeah, yeah, no more Cuban filler, <clears throat> and then... Uh, we switched to a, a machine-made short-filler cigar, so it was a, it was a major transition for yeah. us. Always, always, always using broadleaf. Always broadleaf and always all tobacco, yes. Yes. You know, some people see uh, 
uh, some short-filled cigars or machine-made cigars and think of that paper binder that holds it together, but not a top of cigar, never. Correct. We always were kind of a little niche, just kind of in there, a little, uh, yeah, we had we, our little niche. It, it was that. always an in-between cigar, or, you know, that was different than the others that people would say, oh, machine-made cigar, I'm not interested. Uh, I say, oh, you've got to really try this. This is different than what you're thinking it is. Uh, but just recently, you said, you know what, let's go back to the roots here. Absolutely. Uh, well, what we were finding was uh, we had an older clientele that had been smoking broadly for many years. And uh, after the boom in the 90s, um, a lot of new smokers came in, and they didn't really understand what our product was. Right. So uh, they weren't going into stores looking for a machine-made product. I mean, I think we offered probably the best machine-made product that was out there with the Connecticut wrappers, and it was a high-quality cigar. Um, but it just wasn't where people were gravitating towards. So uh, I felt no better way to honor my father and the legacy of our family in, in the industry to go back and, and represent what we what we used to make. But, but short, you, minus the short filler, right. minus the, the Cuban filler, obviously. Do you own, do you own the factory at this point? Uh, no. So how, what, walk us through that. How, how, who's making it? So, um, well, initially, obviously, we did all the manufacturing and the distribution all the way from 1896 into the early 60s. Um, and then we contracted it out. So we had a, a manufacturer in Pennsylvania that we worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another, the factory that we went with uh, that had uh, the machines was about a block or two away from where our factory was. Okay. So it was a, that part of it was an easy transition. Um, but when we decided to go back to uh, long filler or to uh, handmade cigars, um, I talked to a lot of people. And we ha- I've worked with other factories uh, sure. with some of our other projects that we've had. But uh, I met up with uh, Phil Zangi uh, and Danny uh, Sinclair. And that's uh, we started talking about doing something that was a little bit different and special. And uh, this is Debonair, the folks at Debonair. The folks at Debonair. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel, uh, you know, feel really great to work with them. And it's, uh, it's uh, not like working with a huge uh, factory, um, but they have the power of a big factory. Yes, they, they have, sure they do. Have, they have multiple factories. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was been a, it's been a great association, and it's allowed us to get back into uh, to honor what we used to do. Beautiful, beautiful. It certainly is. And uh, Debonair, uh, being an $8 to $20 cigar, um, you're having a cigar made in there using shorter pieces of tobacco, uh, including uh, the Broadleaf, but your cigar, uh, the Top of Rava, what's it retail at? Uh, $3.50. $3.50. So this is uh, the working man's cigar. I mean, it's, it's an everyday cigar. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I always said it's not a special occasion cigar. But it's uh, it's an everyday cigar that you're yeah, going you to smoke five or six a day. You're absolutely. not going to break the bank. And what I'm noticing is it's kind of a dark leaf, but it's not all that strong. It's on the milder side. It's yeah. mild to medium. It's got enough flavor to keep you enticed. But yeah. it's uh, a lot of people look at it and say, "Oh, geez, it's, it looks real rustic. It looks a little, you know, that like, the broadleaf wrapper is yeah. a little rougher looking." But it's uh, the biggest misconception I would say in the cigar industry is dark. Tobacco, especially broadleaf, is strong tobacco. Right. Where it's so sweet, it's the sweetest tobacco that there is. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I've been fighting that battle for years with customers, and then they would just go away from the, the Maduros. Oh, I don't want to try that. It looks too dark. It's too strong. Yeah. And they try one of our cigars that doesn't have a fermented wrapper, still yeah. broadleaf. And in actuality, the ones that aren't fermented as much are, are much stronger. Right, right. Well, They're it's not- funny. On the ride in, Dave was saying, and this is no BS, it's just us girls in the car there, and he says this. This is my flavor profile. If I didn't own Two Guys Smoke Shop, this is what I would smoke every day, all day. And he it's was he was smoking the top of yeah, brother. right to to like burning my fingers. Mm. I mean, I, I just the taste of broadleaf is the best. I, I got to say, hands down. I mean, it's a tobacco mm. I like the best. I'm not saying it because I'm here. It's the way it is. I mean, and the, I know a lot of the um, real. Um, 
pros in the cigar industry, the tobacco people and stuff, will say the same exact thing. This is the, the greatest tobacco there is. The problem is that these other places can't make it. It can only be done here. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's gold for the United States. I mean, we have a gold crop here, and we've got to take care of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, John's well-spoken, and, and he's uh, he's – it's great to see younger people getting involved, and, uh, you know, it's not a bunch of uh, older people. There's younger people that are continuing on uh, what their family's tradition was. So, so I, I, you know, I recommend the cigar to people uh, that are in the store, and there's just a lot of people that, uh, despite being uh, 120 years old, say, I don't know that cigar. It was looked upon as a Connecticut cigar. Certainly, everybody in Connecticut knows what a top of cigar is. Absolutely, yeah. we, we've had we had distribution throughout the country, but our our highest market share is in New England. Yeah. Mostly in Connecticut. Obviously, we're in almost every store. So. Right? Isn't so, there some TV show that it's attached to, or yeah. was, or something? I heard well, you there, guys. There is an old show there. Yeah, there yeah. was a, a Cary Grant movie. Uh, with Topper was back uh, a long time ago, and then there was a TV series after that. So yeah. So anyway, you, uh, you took over. Now you're back to making uh, a handmade product at Debonair in the Dominican Republic, but you have a second cigar out there, second line. I do. Um, we actually, we've had uh, the topper Dan Lee is a Honduran cigar um, that we blend. I blended with uh, Christian Aroa, um, probably the early to the mid-90s, yeah. mid-90s after I was in the business. And that cigar, actually, it's a, it's a different, uh, we had, there's a little bit bigger ring gauges. Um, the one thing about the Dominican cigars are that they're the traditional sizes of topper, which is usually a 46 to a 48 ring gauge perfectos, and, and yeah, yeah. the, the old-fashioned, the, the real true old cigars sure. that we made for uh, you know for over 100 years. So I, I'm looking at a mold here you brought with you that's um, uh, right here on my desk. Those yeah, from our looking. factory. Yep. This is from the original. This was the original size of the original topper. Correct. One my of the God. original perfectos. And this is the Cosmo that. Um, was in, was out, is back at the show. I actually showing it again one, yep. at the show. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's, Co- that's, Cosmo, those that don't know of the, the TV show and the movie Topper, the man's name was Cosmo, Cosmo Topper. Topper. Right. So uh, I, I, I'm old enough to remember what this was, but I asked you guys before no the show idea. started. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. So, well, they know YouTube, so they can go watch it on uh, YouTube and check out the old movie. Actually, it was a good movie. Yeah, so. right. watch it be a boom all of a sudden. And they go, well, this is hot all of a sudden. Let's bring the, it back. The, the Cosmo line is the only... Uh, cigar that I had that's currently long filler, so it's okay. a little and, and uh, that was more of a marketing thing because it was more expensive. So we kept uh, the, the traditional toppers were usually under. And it $5. was long filler when it was in that mold. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So this is old school stuff, but it's still there. So looking at your packaging of it, um, it looks like an old box of cigars that's here right in front of me. But this is the new box of cigars. It actually looks like an old box of cigars. But if you look at and you have historic stuff that you brought here to show us, and um, it looks like it's old, but you made the new one look like the old. When like we, it's been uh, weathered. Absolutely. We yeah. tried to make a vintage box to go. I went back to the 60s when we actually still had our, uh, when our factory was in operation, and I took the uh, the packaging that we had in that era, and we tried to replicate it with a, a vintage retro design. Yeah, yeah. It's so awful down cool to looking. the, it's got the water stains on the inside label, down to the, it's 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 distressed. Yeah, and, and it's, worn down, yeah. Uh, even with the, with the little label that's on the inside when you open it up, it has, it's similar to, actually, I have the old box over there. I forgot yeah, yeah. to bring it over here, but. Uh, the the, old, right. Here it is. the yeah. old label. So we yeah. kind of replicated it as much as we could. Um, 
Beautiful. Good so job. Just to, to pay a little homage to, to what they were doing in the 60s. Yeah, so you're looking for an inexpensive cigar to uh, maybe uh, cut the lawn, hang out with your buddies and stuff, and just light a cigar. Uh, this is it. Topper cigar. Under $4 a cigar. I mean, how do you beat it? So there's the Topper Bravo. Go through the line here with us. Uh, the Breva's probably the, is the, the largest seller. Um, yep. After that, there's a Perfecto size. Um, it's 4 and 7 eighths by 48. It's, uh, you know, tapered on both ends. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite. I always like to smoke the Perfectos. Uh, and then there's a Corona Grande 6x48. 48. 48. 48, so that's a little bit. A that's little, your thickest size. Thickest size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's a little bit darker version of the Breva we have in Ebony, which it's basically its name is its shade. I mean, it's, it's Ebony. It's its darkest. Mm-hmm. When they, they hand-select the wrappers and the darkest ones go to that cigar. So it's same tobacco, but the darkest leaf will become the Correct. Ebony of it. Does Correct. that necessarily have to do with primings? Would that mean it's a higher priming or No, it's just, just uh, as they're... Um, luck of the draw. I mean, well, everything's sorted at the factory, so and there's... Uh, Basically, what will happen is uh, as they go through the wrappers, I mean, they're never going to be identical colors. Sure. So they'll just, they just hand-select the darkest wrappers out of, out of the, the batch that they have at that time. Nice. So There we go. There we go. Um, so was it mandatory for you to get into the cigar business? Uh, not really, no. no? My, my, actually, it was, uh, it was mandatory for me not to get into the cigar business. <laughs> okay. My dad said, uh, you know, at that time, it was, uh, I graduated in 1990 from uh, Bryant College. Uh, and the industry was a complete different. It was 1990, so there was the industry was completely different than it is today. Um, the level it was 100 million imports for the last from all through the 80s into the early 90s, and uh, he just said there was there was no it was really wasn't going anywhere. So it was static, but uh, actually declining a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to college, I graduated, I went and I got married, got a job. I was working uh, in another in another industry, in the financial industry, and got some professional sales training. Yeah. Uh, so I did that for three or four years and. 92, 93, things started to turn around, obviously, as you well know. Yeah. I mean, the cigar dinner started to happen. People started to get back into the Goes industry. It was almost to 400 million. So it went crazy. So uh, in, uh, in 90, late 93, my dad and I were talking. He's like, I think it's time that, you know, there's an opportunity for you to, 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 to keep it going. And, uh, and then I, in ni- early 94, I started with him. Okay. And then a few years later, unfortunately, he passes. He passes. That yeah. was, it was uh, difficult times. I mean, from 94 to when I started from 94 to 97, we doubled revenues. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, tobacco doubled or tripled in price. So it was, you know, my dad passed away, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at these tobacco bills, and it was just crazy. It was uh, it was, a, it was a, a pretty stressful time because everybody, uh, it was so popular. The demand at that point was it was just phenomenal for yeah. the tobacco. So the prices just escalated. Did you find the transition difficult going from your dad handling the buying of the raw materials to you taking over buying the raw materials? It, did, was there a relationship issue that also maybe pushed the price up? Because of my uh, the proximity of where I was, and then I was I, I knew the farmers, uh, whether it was John and some other uh, gentlemen that we knew that we had bought from over the years. Uh, I, I remember the first time I pulled up to the to the uh, was actually uh, another farmer, but I pulled up to the farm and he knew my dad had passed away. But I walked up to him and he was over doing something. He was working. He just turned around, looked at me, and said, "Don't worry, everything's the same. We'll keep going." And uh. just kept working. So I mean, thank God it was nothing that I did. But fortunately, my my father had a, a lot of respect and, and had been yeah, working yeah, yeah. with these gentlemen for a long time. Good, so good. it was it made an easy transition. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He was he was known for handing out cigars. Is that was that your dad? My dad did that, but my grandfather was, was grandfather big on that. Was the was one big that was on that. So yeah, he was always handing out cigars, uh, whether it was on the beach or uh, if he was on the you know his Saturday routine used to be uh, to hand out. He'd buy drinks for people and hand out cigars and. As I used to, when I would make uh, stops, I'd meet some of these guys that used to follow him around to all the, the clubs in Meriden in Connecticut or in different yeah. areas where he went. And 
they'd end up with three or four cigars and a few, uh, you know, a few pops on my on my grandfather. Right. So well, they used to follow them around. Follow so. around. <laughs> Today we call them weasels. Yeah. They- <laughs> so uh, um, did you do you end up meeting your, your grandfather? No, my, he passed a lot uh, sooner Be- than yeah. Be- I, I was never able to meet my grandfather. Okay, so uh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, for sure. Heard a lot of stories. Though. I mean, that was the one thing about. Because uh, I'm actually on the road and in, in doing some sales, so I see a lot. You know, I'm visiting a lot of customers, and uh, heard a lot of stories about them. And my father, obviously, too. So, and be, and before the '60s, it was you guys were importing Cuban tobacco. Correct. Yeah. Got any? Yeah. Got any left? I have uh, about 25 cigars left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that just got rated a 93 in the cigar sure. aficionado. So yeah, should have uh, got more than that, from what I understand. <laughs> from the pictures I looked at it, yeah, there was a lot of flavor still. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I, I found uh, a few old boxes in a storage unit that I had, and uh, I looked at the bottom of the boxes, and two of them were from our factory that we used uh, in Pennsylvania that was operated by machines. But on the third box, it was an old box of Topper Silverdale's. It was a line that we had. And uh, had uh, I looked at the bottom, and it had our factory number 317. And I'm like, geez, I never, I, I've never seen that number on the bottom of the box with actually having cigars in it. So uh, took them took them back to the office, and I opened it up, and... There actually was uh, like about 42 cigars left in the box. Uh. So uh, I took them out. There was a few that uh, the storage where it was wasn't the greatest storage, so there was a few some that were bug damaged, had some holes in them. Okay. And I, uh, I cut one open and uh, where, where it was damaged and uh, took the wrapper off. And then I'm, as I'm sitting there in my office. I got pictures of my father, my grandfather. It was almost like they were sitting there watching me, you know. And yeah, this it was, is it. It was, Big it moment. Was, yeah. It was the, probably the most emotional cigar I ever had. But I took the binder off, and it was all long filler, so I knew yeah. it was Cuban. Wow. And uh by far the best cigar I've ever smoked in my life. Sure, so, sure. Most emotional. And then uh, a few people that have smoked it afterwards just uh, couldn't believe how well it was, uh, how well it, it aged. I mean, uh, the broadleaf is such a, a unique wrapper, and it just it's almost like a time capsule. It just it yes. just it, it kept the flavor for that many years, which doesn't it just doesn't have any explanation why. But it it, it was amazing that, that there's that much flavor left. That's another thing I'll say about broadleaf. People will talk about aging cigars, and I've had uh, cigars using Connecticut. Um, shade tobacco, and then I smoke it many, many years later, and, eh, you know, people say, how did it age? And I, eh, pretty much aged out. But when it comes with broadleaf, that's the one. You get a cigar that has broadleaf on it, that's the one that has magic to it, that you go back to that cigar 30, 40, 50 years later, and you say, wow, there's still really something to the cigar. Just unbelievable. And it's the, it, it's a testament to the tobacco itself, but it's just, it's a, uh, compared to shade, obviously, it's a lot thicker. There's just more to it. It's got yeah. more to it, and it's just. Uh, what is it about Connecticut that makes that broadleaf, and and Pennsylvania that makes it so that they can grow this broadleaf and not be able to replicate that in a third world country? I don't think anybody really has an exact answer to that, other than I mean, we always say we're it's, a radio it's, show here, yeah. so do All the right. best you I'll can. Do the best. Yeah. So what I would say is, I mean, it's the climate and the soil, but uh, the, part of that climate is even in the aging process in the barn. Uh, I mean, you can't replicate. Uh, Connecticut and, and Dominican. I mean, it's there's cooler nights. There's there's a lot that goes into everything. So, uh, it's just a, a combination of of all those factors. That makes sense. You wouldn't see, say, a 50 degree evening in Nicaragua or Honduras. It right. just so, wouldn't happen. so in the curing process, it's a little bit different, and uh, I think that that's part of it. Um, but it's just uh, a lot of people have the misconception that oh, it's Connecticut tobacco because of the state of Connecticut. It has nothing to do with Connecticut. It's actually the Connecticut River. It's all along the Connecticut River Valley. Because they do grow Connecticut broadleaf in Massachusetts, so they grow it farther north. So, so it's, all, there, it's all relative to the river. Is there something, too, you hear the, the term the sweat, and you would think that if you were sweating the, the leaves out, that the more heat the better. But you're saying maybe the, the cooler nights 
Just a combination of all that. I mean, there's, like I said, I don't have the exact answer. John probably has some better answers because he, he, that's, that's the part of the industry that he lives, and he, he's the expert on that. But I think it's a combination of those factors. Yeah. Well, because it's different. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's different. I mean, it's different than anything. And that's why, I mean, I've, uh, I've talked to and, and, and given seeds to uh, growers in the Dominican and Honduras, and they've been able to grow crops, but just never been able to, to make it work. So. Thank God for John and for everyone else. For Absolutely. Other 100, 100 growers that are doing it. I mean, Shade's a different story. Obviously, they grow it in Ecuador, and they've been able to replicate the, the, the conditions a little bit more for whatever reason. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It, for some reason, that works. But, but this, but, uh, In no. any event, so like I said, that's the little gray area. They just, just don't know. But, uh, I mean, I can make up an answer for Jonathan if he wants. But that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I you think. did good. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, every once in a while, every week, we ask our uh, customers uh, to uh, – let us know what they're thinking, and uh, Barry has the question of the week and the answers and the new questions. What do you got, Barry? Well, it's time for the question of the week, brought to you by Duran Cigars. When a question is asked, what are you smoking, the answer should be Duran. Duran Cigars combines the best quality tobacco fills from Nicaragua and Latin America with their super premium Habano Criollo Colorado wrapper. Experience the difference, Duran Cigars. Last week, we asked if the election was held today, last Saturday, who would you vote for? And the two top answers were a Republican and a Democrat. Why? So, Chris Topper, who would you vote for for president right now? At this point, I have no idea. There's just too many people too out many, there. Too many. It's packed. I, we were in New Hampshire, which is where they all are. I mean, you want to go crazy. They're, they're everywhere. Well, of the 20 or so candidates that we posted, the winner by the landslide who garnered 35% of the vote was Donald Trump. Nice. The next closest person was a Democrat by the name of Bernie Sanders, who beat out Hillary Clinton, who came in third. And lastly, in fourth, was Marco Rubio. Wow, okay. I can tell you who I wouldn't vote for, so. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're all on that answer. And it was listed in there. I think it was third. (laughs) Second two. (laughs) This week, we asked the question, would Steve Socker and Nick Melillo both debut in cigars at IPCPR? and both having a history with Drew Estate, who do you think will have more success of the two? As always, you can answer on the right-hand side of the CigarAuthority.com, right underneath the Duran Cigars advertisement. And as always, the question of the week was brought to you by Duran Cigars. When a question is asked, what are you smoking, the answer should be Duran Cigars. Experience the difference. Hitting the two uh, newcomers, newcomers. Yeah. Both in business in a long time, but both uh, starting a company from scratch, basically, and uh, which one's going to be successful, which one's not, or which one's going to be more successful, because I think already they're both successful yeah. of, of selling at the show. Can we still call him cigar-smoking citizen Steve Saka? No. Okay. No. Yeah. No, he's no longer that. No. Whatever okay. that was. we got to change that. Absolutely. He hasn't shipped anything yet, so. That's can, right. For a couple more weeks, until they ship. He's yeah, still a yeah. citizen for a little while. So, Chris, we play a little game each week, uh, and I know you're a listener to the show, where we do the uh, classic day in classic history, and you try to uh, guess the, um, the date of the person celebrating their birthday today. Uh, we're going to get you in on this, so uh, right now it is time for this classic day, brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like 
like that, baby. Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's Undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Closest without going over, Barry Stein, are you our champion? Yes, I am. You are not. Hopefully. Yeah, I won again last week. <laughs> I think it was me that won last week. You always think it's you that win. It, it was, was you. It was me that won last week. It was week. you. You That's did. That's good, because I feel like you know the kid is beating you up for your lunch money. It's not fun anymore. That's it. It's just not fun anymore. Anytime you want to go three rounds, big boy. So we have three musicians celebrating their birthday today, and I don't know how big you are on music. Uh, Mr. Jonathan is a DJ, but uh, we'll that see how busy. doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean a thing. Uh, today is Jerry Garcia's birthday. Jerry Garcia, a rock singer, uh, the guiding force of the Grateful Dead during their 30-year career, uh, who was ranked 13th greatest guitarist of all time by Rolling Stones magazine. Did you know he lost two-thirds of his middle finger uh, chopping wood in an accident? Uh, yeah, he gave the finger to a lumberjack. There we go. He died in 1995. He received the ultimate award uh, by having... Uh, a flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream named after him, Cherry Garcia. That would be the ultimate for me to end up having. The late, great Jerry Garcia was born today, Mr. Jonathan. What year was he born? I'm going 1942. 1942. Barry Stein. 37. 37. 44. 44. Somebody got two points. It's me. And he better not be looking, Mr. Jonathan. Not looking. Two points, 1942. Boom. Because he got it exact, he got two points. We got two more, though. I was most nervous about this part. Barry Stein, <laughs> this is going to you first. Today is the birth date of Francis Scott Key. Oh, my God. He was a lawyer, an author, and a poet who wrote the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner, which would later become the U.S. National Anthem. Inspired to write the lyrics after witnessing the bloody attack of Fort Henry, officially declared the National Anthem by President Woodrow Wilson in 2016. These are hints. And then by Congressional Resolution in 1931 and signed by Herbert Herbert Hoover. Other hits include Love Shack by the B-52s, Dancing on the Ceiling... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Francis Scott Key. Don't call me Francis. Scott Key, born today. Barry, what year was he born? 1816. 1816. 1832. 1832. And this is going to go to you, Chris, and I know you're a big fan of this. This is Carlton Douglas Reinhor's birthday. Who? Also known as... John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith? Nope. Chucky D. Chuck D, rapper. Gotta fight the power. Influence American rapper, who was the front man for Public Enemy, pioneers the political and social uh, uh, conscious rap of the 1980s. He and his public enemy member, Nates, uh, introduced Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. He was public enemy's primary lyricist. Flavor Flav served as a group's hype man. Fight Flavor the power. Flav. Fight the power that be Chucky D, born today. 1964. 1964, Mr. Jonathan. I'm going to say 61. 61. 69. 69, you're all over. It's 1960. And Mr. Jonathan has a shutout. 
Shout out, Mr. Jonathan. Boom. He goes on rolls. Like, he won't be win anything for the longest time, and then he, then all of a sudden he can't stop winning. I hope the hat doesn't get too tight now. Really? This classic day in classic history is brought to you by Classic Cigars. Whichever classic you choose, it's available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today, April for August 1st. August already. August 1st. Uh, with a classic cigar and a quick reminder of it's your birthday, come into any Two Guys Smoke Shop location at Salem, Seabrook, or Nashua, New Hampshire, on your birthday, and they will cut and light a free happy birthday cigar just for you. So that is that. Do you have any plans, Chris, on releasing anything new in the years coming? Well, actually, uh, we're working on something for the 120th anniversary. So there'll be a 120th anniversary <laughs> so cigar. So at next year's show, we should have something. So it'll be the most expensive topper ever at $5. Probably a little more than that. Yeah? Yeah. Please sell me a couple boxes beforehand, before FDA stops you from your 120th anniversary. I'm just in fear of it, and uh, that's why you saw 100 new brands at the IPC. Absolutely. But, and fortunately, uh, because we've been around so long, I mean, I do have some older brands that, uh, that, are, that could help. Okay. Uh, Cosmo's one of them. I mean, we, we've uh, been selling that one consistently for yeah, yeah. So that's something if I have to do it that way, I mean... Uh, we've all been you've been talking about the government and their impact on, on yeah, our business. Yeah. So, oh, good. Um, so that's the magic of it that you have such an old brand out there. But then you see some of these newcomers, including the guy that's making your cigar, Phil with Debonair. He goes away if they end up going back seven years or anything. Yeah, no, I mean I don't think he goes away, but I think that it's it's going to be a, it's going to be difficult. Well, it's no going to be lawsuits, battles. It's yeah. going to be politics. It's. It's terrible, and uh, there's no need of it, but we, we see this stuff continue to happen over and over. And, and uh, I think um, your father would be, is rolling in his grave seeing that this is, uh, you know, the political atmosphere right now. It's, uh, it's, it's part of business. It's more so now. Obviously, when I started in the 90s, it was just show up and answer the phones because it was so busy. But um, there's so much time taken and involved in fighting it and just yeah. getting the knowledge. But uh, I did actually find some old letters from my uh, grandfather to my father and, and just some old old things and letters from the 30s or letters from the 40s and 50s and it was uh, they were talking about similar things uh, no believe, believe it or not 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 to the as a serious extent they thought it was going to be no kidding but there's always been that in the back of people's minds so i mean i was amazed at one of the letters i found and he's like you know and even when my 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 parents got married in 54 and my dad thought maybe 10 years they had left in wow. the business. So it's, uh, wow. it's not new. It's just I think it's to a different level. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. obviously to a different level now. So, But it, it's always been a concern. Uh, it seems so serious to me now at this point. Absolutely. It, it, it's, uh, this, this, is, this is happening, you know, it's, it seems. Anyway, uh, I'm smoking this Top of Brava all the way down, as I did on the way, right? Yes, I smoked you did. the same exact cigar. All the way down, there's not a lot of cigars, you know, they start getting down, there's a bit of taste that happens. No, it's sweet. Mm. It's the, Chuck doing it the same over there, right? Same yeah. thing. nubbing it. Fantastic. It has that classic Connecticut broadleaf flavor. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and um, there's only so much of it to go around. Well, that's true. but yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to blend either. It's not um, just because it's inexpensive. I mean, there's there's a lot of... I mean, Phil will be the first one to tell you that it was one of the more difficult projects he had, trying to replicate what we had done years ago sure. to try and bring back that blend and to, and to, to use the shorter fillers. And, and it's just uh, it's not an easy thing. It's it's all high-quality and high-grade uh, components. With the, we still use a much higher-quality filler than we used to when we were on the machines because it was all processed and chopped. Sure. Where we're actually using uh, – sometimes I help a factory out because um, you want to use all the, the materials that you have. So I'm able to use some of the cuttings from the – uh, more expensive cigars, sure. so some of that filler, you know, they get a, a batch of tobacco, fill, a long filler in, and there's some pieces that are a little smaller, so 
Uh, you'll see some small pieces in the filler, but you'll see some that are, you know, a couple inch and a half, two inches yeah, long yeah, as well. Yeah. So, Well, it's burning great. It burns even all yep. the way through. It's it's unbelievable. And and you know of the tobacco you use of the broadleaf uh, that you're using as a wrapper here, how old is it before you're making this into a cigar? The one benefit that I have now is uh, we, we're actually using some older inventory, so okay. it's, it's at least three years old. Okay. So the tobacco you see here that's going to get picked next week, you're not going to get to this until 2020 probably. Thereabouts. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, if we're looking at this and we're saying, oh, I can't wait to try this, we're going to forget all about this. I'm, this I'm going to chew on that after and see what happens. Yeah. We, we asked that question. Can you no one, actually no chew on Look at answer. that leaf, no. by the way, how much it's changed. Oh, I know. It was like stiff as a board yeah. before, you know. Even, even the coloration you, the bottom. The color, yeah. yeah. Has your family historically kept boxes? Because you keep saying replicate what you were doing in the past. So do you keep an, uh, a small inventory of boxes from each of the iterations of Topper so that if you had to go back to that, you have a, a bouncing board, or is it all from recall? It's, uh, I do have a, a lot of old uh, product. Um, having said that, it, I mean, now I'm every year I'm putting – uh, like the first shipment of toppers that I got in from Phil, I mean, I, that are stashed in the humidor. I have, I usually take a few boxes all the time, so I have something to look back at. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, even like with pictures of the old factory and, and things like that, and and I mean, I have all the blends, I have everything that we use, but a lot of those tobaccos don't even exist today, yeah. so it's 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 difficult. But it's uh, and that's an issue with tobacco because you end up with essentially, and I should have asked John this, but you end up with essentially disease that. Can, you know, blue mold come, is the one you hear about all the time. But as the tobacco strain changes and you develop a new strain that's not susceptible to, say, blue mold, there's something else it's susceptible to. Correct. Absolutely. So, you, so it's, I mean, that part of it's really difficult. But it's, uh, when, we, when we started this project uh, about three, over three years ago, um, and I took cigars that were about seven or eight years old. So it, you also have to uh, put into the calculation that it's age seven years. So right. It's, uh, that, you know, but it's... Uh, it wasn't an easy process at all, and Phil said it's one of the most difficult uh, projects that he's had to work on, just to try and replicate. In, and he uh, considers himself adjusts. a tobacco alchemist. I mean, he can work magic with yeah, tobacco. Absolutely. So for him to say it's difficult, it's difficult. Well, I've been I've been selling cigars thirty years. I opened in nineteen eighty five. I told you the day one putting the cigars out there with Topa, uh, and, and and it made me think of it. This is the longest running cigar I've ever kept in my store. We've never not carried Topa Bravas for thirty years, and you know I remember the the beginning stuff that, that was there, which was. Brands like Bering and Don Diego and things like that that were hot at that time, and we don't even carry the things anymore. Here's the consistent one that's still there. It's the only one that I can recall. If I w- wish I could find a picture of the opening uh, order I had of, on display, and I would guess that this is the only one that I still carry. Thirty well, years. First later. off, thank you very much. No. But I, it, it is a testament to the cigar in, in the sense that. Um, because we said we had that little niche, I mean, I, I'm in, I've been in, you know, CBS drugstores. I'm also in white label stores. So right. it, it, we've had a product that's kind of been able to kind of, it's not a mass market cigar and it's not a yeah, yeah. high-end premium cigar. It's always kind of been sandwiched in the middle, but it's. I know a lot um, of retailers but, listen to the show. They should, they should put this in the store. If somebody's looking for a cigar under $4, this is a great, great thing to show somebody too. And we've had this conversation too. I mean, I think when you first smoked the original samples, you were like, it's, it's too inexpensive. How right, are you going right. to do it? It's, it's too, too inexpensive. Right. So, and I do come across that. But the uh, what I was faced with was, uh, like I said, I had an older uh, generation that was smoking. Our clientele was a little bit older, so sure. I had to. I didn't want to alienate the customers that we already had. 
but I had to attract new ones. So yeah. I mean, we had an increase in price, but it was uh, it was it was reasonable. All right, we're going to come to break right now. Uh, uh, we're going to light up another topper, but this one is handmade, not in the Dominican Republic, but handmade in Honduras from the folks at Camacho. Actually, Davidoff now, because they bought it. So Davidoff is making this inexpensive cigar we're going to smoke uh, in the next hour using your favorite tobacco, my favorite tobacco, Connecticut Broadleaf. Uh, is the boutique cigar boom over? Uh, you'll hear my thoughts on that from last week's editorial and um, lots more. We're live from uh, the Tobacco Bonds and Fields here in Ellington, Connecticut. Broadleaf Tobacco, that's what we're talking about with fourth-generation brand owner Chris Topper. We'll be back in just a little while. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And when you're smoking your Topper Breva, always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll see you right back here with our number two right here on the United Cigar Radio Network. Some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda. Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? What if La Gloria Cubana stopped at the legendary Siri R? One thing's for sure, they wouldn't have created Siri R Esteli. Discovered on a Nicaraguan mountainside high above the Jalapa Valley floor, this extremely flavorful Nicaraguan puro combines a Jalapa Soul wrapper with a bold combination of Visos and Lajeros. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar that's worthy of your discovery. Learn more at lagloriacubana.com slash what if and find yours now at fine tobacconists everywhere. 
This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Mancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. And Ray. The authority on everything cigar. In. Get used to hearing it. And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> well then, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake and bake, gal! Yeah. Woo! Shake and bake! Do it. And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios today, located in Ellington, Connecticut. Ellington, Connecticut. That's right. We are tobacco uh, Connecticut broadleaf tobacco is grown, and this hour we're going to light up another topper, but this one is a handmade in Honduras by the folks at, Tama- at Camacho, uh, the folks from Davidoff. And uh, wait till you hear the price of this one. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. That's right. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location, just like this week, from the sunny hills of Ellington, Connecticut. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand that you light up along with this us. This is a valley. We're in the valley, not the hills. We're on a hill right now. Are we in the, on a hill? We're in a valley. This is the Connecticut this, River Valley. Uh, you look right or left. You're looking down a hill. That's what, I was going with hills. And for our stokey geeks that may hear like a little bit of a buzz, that's the car battery that we're running off of to make yes. this broadcast because possible. Because there's no freaking electricity There's no here. electricity. <laughs> my, and the backup is my Cadillac that's pulled <laughs> next to us in case we have to, uh, hey, we've got to do whatever we've got to do, right? That's right. So you tune in to CigarAuthority.com <laughs> where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on YouTube or iTunes where you can set it and forget it on both. Yeah, he's not kidding. I mean, the, no, the we got jumper in, cables and we're ready to and go. The car is in the garage just in case. <laughs> so we have no electricity, bar. we have no Wi-Fi, we have nothing. It, it's jumping like a hotspot. Yeah, it's like we're in another country, but we're right here in Connecticut, and there's restaurants and stuff down the street. And regular people over here, it's crazy. Apparently, you don't need electricity <laughs> in a tobacco barn, so they don't have it. That's it. Why not? It's one more thing that could catch and, and on when fire. And when they have to heat it or something, they'll put some coals in the ground and heat, heat it up that way. This is old school, man. This is, this is where it. it is. Speaking of old school, we're smoking Topper cigars. We're talking 119 years. It's the 120th anniversary uh, of Topper coming up. And uh, Chris Topper is with us. 1896, Dan Lee. Tell us about this, Chris. Uh, this cigar, actually, I uh, used to uh, work with Christian uh, from Christian yeah. Aroa from Camacho. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a combination of what we know best and what they do best or what, when he was uh, running Camacho. Yeah, yeah. It's our broadleaf wrapper, uh, of course, and yeah. uh, it, the filler is their uh, Honduran Corojo. Yeah. So it's, That's uh, the both worlds as far as I'm concerned. This, is, this has got it all. So this has a little bigger. Uh, there's bigger ring gauges with this. As I said, it's, uh, there's 50 ring ga- or three sizes that have 50 ring gauge. Uh, there's a Belcoso that has a 54. 
So a little bigger ring gauges and a little more body than the, than the traditional toppers. Be- because of the Corojo that's in Absolutely, it, right? yes. So it's going to have a kick to it. So let's give it a cut and light. Right now it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. So uh, Broadleaf... Uh, not ne- necessarily the most beautiful, um, always the most beautiful wrapper. I would say the most tasty wrapper, but it's thick tobacco. Right. So unlike Connecticut Shade, it's going to pull real, real thin, and you're not going to see um, the lines of it almost. Uh, yeah, this is a, this gets, it has some vein quality to it, a little tooth to it. And, and some color. And you can see that um, w- when you see a black, black jet, jet black cigar, maybe something was done in the process to make it that exact sure. that way. Not in this case. This is Everything is natural how it is. So I'm saying this because no, uh, you know, looking at it, you wouldn't say, oh, it's seamless and actually perfect in appearance. That's how Broadleaf is. So if there's a negative to it, it I'd definitely say, has. That's the, the yeah. only downside as yeah. far as the appearance. It has that rustic look, yeah, but yeah. flavor definitely makes up for it. But how about the appearance of this lighter? Beautiful. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Three this is windows the on it. Vertigo Churchill. It's twenty four ninety nine. It does feature the Vertigo patented big ass tank. You four made that jets. up. They, they said that they, it isn't patented. <laughs> I saw them at the trade show. I said, so you got the patent on that? And they said, I don't know where he gets that. He made that up completely. There is no patented anything. We don't call it the big ass tank. They That's have just, the, <laughs> the flip out bullet cutter. I'm ignoring you now. Yeah. <laughs> flip out bullet cutter. Uh, that does extend past vertical, so uh, you folks that love the big ring gauges and you like to See, drink red. your wine through a straw. This is for outdoors because you got all, all the green behind us and, and uh, blue, and if you didn't have a red flame, you burn yourself because you wouldn't see it. Catch your mustache on fire. Did you smell the foot before you lit it? I did. I didn't. It's exactly sweet. like reaching your nose inside that hand of tobacco there. And there's also some of that spice that I will not pronounce. Cinnamon. That's the one. <laughs> Cinnamon and raisins. That's it. A little gingerbread once in a while. Do you know what a um, hermit is? Do you know what a hermit is? go through this every time. I'm asking That was him. one of the guys that played with Herman. No. Hermit, the, the, um, it's like a little cake from a bakery, a hermit. Okay. Do you know what it is? I think so. Yeah. That's what it has raisins and it has molasses. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gingerbready. But it's not gingerbread, but it's molasses and raisins. Yeah, there's a thick, there's a thick quality to the smoke. I nailed it. Nailed that it. was me. That was for me, not you. I nailed it. I'll give it a bell, huh? Nailed it. You nailed it. I did. It's very good. So, uh... Ooh, I just got a raisin. Christian sells out to Davidoff, but Davidoff still makes it. Right, actually, it was a pretty easy transition. It was uh, okay. no problem. So I've been working with them ever since, uh, you know, that, that happened. So Okay. Um, and, and it stayed consistent to what, what you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing, I mean, Christian always made a consistent cigar. We yeah, never yeah. Had, have never really had any issues with uh, quality. Yeah. Um, and which is a good thing. I mean, this is right. an everyday. This is also because it's priced, uh, com, you know, it's priced pretty reasonably. It's a good everyday cigar where they're going to be smoking a few a day. So we got the Toro here, 6 by 50 How much? Two ninety five. Oh, Come my on. God. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. All right, listen. you got this a couple kids you've got to put through college. 
Yeah, raise that was the, the price. old price, but after the trade show, they've gone up a little. So we'll Ra- say three and a quarter. The, ra- yeah, ra- <laughs> raise the price two dollars. Yeah, this smokes like a six dollar cigar totally. easily. Yep. Well, look at the burn line on it. I mean, the carbon line. This is some well aged wrapper. It's, it's not more than that. I, I, you know, I hate to tell one of my suppliers that I <laughs> buy from to raise the price, but you know what? You're a friend. Raise the price. It's crazy. Yeah, man. You go to five dollars, and you're still going to be the hottest thing. I wonder if people stay away from it because it's too low. I bet. I would. Yeah, you're not even going to You know, no it. disrespect, but I would just walk past it and think of it as. It can't be good. Yeah, that's something my grandfather would have smoked. You know, I'm making more money than he did. I want to go buy something a little bit more pricey. So right away, I would personally eliminate it. But now having smoked it. I feel like a dink for eliminating right, it. Right, you right. Because it's, in fact, it's really the definition good. of dink. So I got you there. <laughs> really? So, You're going to give him a bell on that? I think there's I a bell the for bell. that. Yeah, I get the bell. <laughs> Even John's giving the thumbs up. <laughs> he just met you. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Everybody I, always picks on the fat guy. That's it. We pick on the dink is <laughs> right. really what it is. I, I think, though, I mean, to your point, I mean, uh, there's always that concern um, that it's inexpensive. But I mean, the fact that we've been in business for 119 years, we've always we've always offered a value product. Here's what here's what I'm going to say: is someone would look at that price and say that is a cheap cigar. Yeah. And the reality is, it's, it's not, not cheap. cheap. It's inexpensive. It's well made. The burn is good. The price is just too low, man. And we're going to argue with you. On yeah. this. <laughs> you need to raise five. that at least five. Whew. This is very good. And again, it's crazy. It's again, insane. Not, not. A powerhouse as far as the strength goes. You look at it, it this oh, is a dark cigar. Sweet. The it's, sweet from because it has Corojo in it, so it's got strength, but that sweet overpowers it and settles the thing down. You know I don't like a strong cigar. Listen, you're not going to chew on a cinnamon stick, but you add cinnamon as an ingredient to it. Ginger, again, you're not going to eat a ginger root, but you add ginger as an ingredient with the molasses mm. and the cinnamon, and now you've got yourself a hermit. You got me thinking about hermits now. Because you know I nailed it. You so nailed just give it. You this is the it. best cigar I've had all month. Wow. wow. It's August 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back to being a dink. Yeah. You can cut that part out. Can we cut that part out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But wow, this is like a 91, 92. This is a good cigar. Oh, I, I am blown away. This I am totally enjoying this. It's crazy for the price. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, you know... <laughs> As a retailer, it's it's hard for me to say it, but I mean it. You got to raise the price on it. Uh, people are staying away because it's too low priced. Go up a buck anyway. You got Go some up. room here, man. Could, this could be an under five dollar cigar. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be under three dollars. It is under five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, four ninety nine or something. Uh, what, what do you got for sizes in this? There's a robusto, toro, and churchill. A five, six, and seven by fifty, and then there's a bellicoso, which is the traditional uh, six and an eighth by fifty-four. Traditional. It's a, it's all about tradition with Tapa cigars. So uh, they go way back. And uh, here's, a, here's a goofy question that I've always wanted wanted to ask, and I got you here. You're the you're king of making short-filled cigars. How does a, a short-filled cigar get made by hand with all those pieces yeah. floating around? How do they manage that? It's no different. I mean, it's the, it's the same process. It's just. Uh, when they make the bunch, it's just uh, they have the smaller pieces there, so it's. Uh, so they've got they've got to take. If anything, I think that they're a little more difficult to make. Oh, that's that's kind of sure. what I'm saying is because you got pieces going everywhere. So if I take a big piece of this particular tobacco, let's call that Corojo 92, 
and the next time I don't have that big piece, does the roller have to say, okay, we're looking for about a four-inch piece of this, so we no, might no, take no. three pieces? For, I mean, fortunately, the, the, the manufacturers that I've dealt with, I mean, obviously I'm dealing with uh, the old Camacho factory, which yeah. is not one yeah. my dad went off. So, I mean, I'm not dealing with a small little guy that's kind of not in a free zone or something. I mean, these guys know what they're doing, and, yeah. and they that's – it has to come out as a quality product. I mean, and as I always say, I mean, we put our, I put my name on every cigar that we sell. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be, if it's an everyday cigar, it's gotta be, the quality has to be there. That it we does. Figu- I'm, Chuck's moving his fingers. We, we figured out, we figured, we figured out the, figured out the, 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 uh, we can, talk, we can, we can cue this thing up. Ready for the buzz? Yeah. Ready for it to go away? Oh, it's Barry. It's Barry. It's Barry Stein. He's causing the buzz. I'm, I'm say, electric. I am so gonna, electric. He's electric. Boom, ba, ba, boom, I'm boom, not going to say the D word again. But. The force is strong in that one. So what are you doing? So I think it's one of my wires. Yeah? Yeah. yeah Turn your be. head again. Other way. No. See, now it's... I wonder if people can hear it. It's only I us. Know, it's probably just it's us. Probably it's probably just, just, just us. We get but a little I think it's hump. something to do with my wire. That's what she said. Here you go. Is that why we need a new headset or we need a new cord or we got to do something? But that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. We got the answer. So it has nothing to do with we're out here in the, in the middle with a car battery. Going with it anyway. <laughs> yeah, going with it anyway. <laughs> so, Chuck, while you're enjoying life, so it's full, it's, it's important to be debonair. This is uh, the debonair segment. Uh, how to be more debonair and more gentlemanlike is Gentleman Chuck Morrison. Do you need a gentleman? Gentleman. Gentleman, you need a gentleman. <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman. And this is the gentleman's way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, paying it forward the debonair way. You heard. I've heard. This happened to me today. You're at the drive-thru for your morning coffee, let's say. You pull up to the window to pay, and the cashier tells you, you're all set, sir. The car in front of you has paid for you. This happened. Now, the debonair play here is to remain cool... Wave and signal a thank you to the person or patron who paid for you. I did. I beeped at her. Yeah. And the next time, here's the key here. The play is the next time you go for your morning coffee, that's when you pay it forward to the Uh. car or cars behind you. See, the rookie move would be to get all excited, overreact, and pay it forward right there on the spot. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, and it's an acceptable play. But the real play, the debonair play, is to pay it forward with intention and thought upon your next drive through visit. There we go. A perfect thing that you, you heard that this had happened. I didn't know what to do, and I was startled. And I said to the lady, to, to the girl at the drive-thru, what do you mean? What, so what do I do? And she says, you're all set. And I see the, the lady making the turn, and I beep, and she sticks her hand out of the um, uh, sunroof. sunroof and waves. And I didn't know what to do, and I took my stuff and drove off. And I said, wow, am I Barry? <laughs> was I supposed to pay? <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's funny because it's true. I mean, no, I said, "What am I supposed to do here?" And then I thought I was going to drive around and go again. You know, give me one more shot, please. I, I might have blown it. 
<laughs> but uh, I can do it another day. That's what you do. And that, I think I agree with Chuck on At the same place this. or just anywhere? I would anywhere. say anywhere. Yeah. Because the, the key to this is going to be your intent yeah. to go and pay it forward. Whereas in the moment, of course, you want to return the favor immediately. Swallow that. Yeah. Hold hold. Go, go someplace else. And then you the next what, time, you pay it forward. You know what kind of debonair person I'm going to be? I'm doing it twice. Oh, now you're talking. Go. Now twice. I got a question for you. What happens if you go, you decide this is going to be the day, and then a family of five pulls in behind you? Go for it. Go for it. You still go for it. Or what if no one's behind you? Listen, she, I don't know who she thought I was behind there in that automobile and a big fat guy driving. <laughs> I wasn't just getting a coffee. It could have been a coffee, a dozen donuts, a breakfast <laughs> yeah. sandwich. Yeah, it you, wasn't you, just you, a coffee. And you, you haven't you finished the list yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm not done. What, what can you say? Hey, what did the person buy me? <laughs> well, guys, that's the uh, that's the gentleman's way. It's brought to you by our good friends at Debonair. The question always is, are you Debonair enough? Bill Zangy, Debonair Cigars. So he's been very good to you, huh? Absolutely. It's been a great association. Yeah, so. awesome guy. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, he had a good show. You guys had a good show? Yeah, it was exciting this year. With uh, We had a lot of people in the booth with uh, between, uh, obviously, Debonair, and uh, we, had, we launched Indian. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had the... Brought a lot of people into the booth, so and so you got a little little of the crumbs that fall to your side. Absolutely. Or well, yeah, it seems it seems like you guys in that booth kind of treat everything like you're all one big happy family. It's not. I'm Chris Topper, and I have my thing over here, and you're Phil. You have your thing over there. You guys all seem to help each other. That's what it looked like from the outside. Maybe it's absolutely different. walking people back and forth. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the the good part of the association is that, uh, especially with India now, we have my cigars that are let's say under five. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Indian six to six to ten, and then you have the debonair. So there's uh, enough there to, to offer most stores just about whatever price range they want. So, so we got a percentage of retailers that listen to the show. Uh, if you've never given Topper a try in your store, and you have customers that are looking for cigars under five dollars or something, give Chris Topper. He's a family company. Give him a shot. Put it in there. And I urge you, when you get the Bravas in, smoke one yourself. You're going to be blown away by that. And this particular one, I haven't had this in a while. This is just crazy, right? It's very good. Crazy. Very Be- good. Because Corojo in it, it's, it's different. It's yeah. a different cigar. You know what it reminds me of? Like, you, Chris, brought in some tobacco leaves before we, as we're mm-hmm. setting up, and there's that distinct smell that's just beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, ra- yeah. It, it, If you were to take that smell and put it in a cigar and be able to taste it yeah. in a cigar, which is so hard to do, bang, right here. Yeah. It's that flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, man. It's, all, it's awesome. So uh, each week I've been uh, putting, and I'm not going to say I'm going to do it every single week, but each week uh, lately I've been putting editorials up on uh, the Cigar Authority website. If you don't go there, go to the Cigar, and you just listen to the show. Every once in a while, take a peek to the Cigar Authority, and Barry's putting up news and information and all kinds of things that happen on, uh, on an ongoing uh, occasion uh, as this thing goes on, sometimes uh, 15, 20 things a day. So... Uh, uh, I decided uh, some weeks back to write a little something. I put it on there, create a little controversy, get it going or whatever. This one was pretty controversial. Uh, so controversial that I am in the midst of writing uh, a follow-up to it because I got so much uh, fallback on it. Hate mail, we call it. It's hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out to you and uh, chime in, guys, if, uh, if I'm saying something wrong or whatever. But m- remember that I, uh, I do uh, add to it uh, this coming week. Uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday uh, we'll get that up. So uh, my claim is the boutique cigar brand boom is over. Broad statement right there. The names you know, that's 
what retailers are buying. And I took this from going to the IPCP trade show. So uh, what's new uh, might be what the consumers are asking for, but what sells and what is most recognized is what the retailers are buying. And this is my take of what I was seeing at the trade show. So I'm just back from the IPCP IPCPR trade show, the industry's largest convention and trade show worldwide. Walking through, I couldn't help but notice the trade show booths that were uh, crowded and the ones that weren't. Take away the window shoppers uh, and the brand owners uh, talking with the press and just concentrate on the buyers, the retailers who were sitting and placing orders, large orders. Sure, the new stuff got the looks, the write-ups, and the people were talking about it. But if you looked really close, and I did, the names you know is what retailers were there for to buy what sells. In a recent survey, the top retailers by Cigar Aficionado, who, by the way, I've been doing the survey for almost 20 years now with them uh, as one of the participants since the, be- since the beginning, it showed that the biggest names in the cigar business are the ones that are unquestionably selling the most. Padron, Fuente, Davidoff, Romeo and Juliet, Perdomo, Rocky Patel, La Flor Dominicana round out the best-selling brands according to Cigar Aficionado survey. Gone are the days of Macanudo, Monte Cristo, Punch Potagus. They're off the list. They used to highlight the list. But also missing are the geek sticks, the cigars that are talked about on the blogs, in the chat rooms, and even here on the Cigar Authority. Gone are the limited releases, the hard-to-get stuff, because simply they don't sell enough to even get on the radar of the cigar shop's level. Now, we sold 500 boxes of M80. Worldwide. That's, and that's, that's my point. So somebody may be making the argument, well, what about M80? It sold out right away, but the sellout was such a small amount. Worldwide. <clears throat> And it's five years. So, we, you know, it was five years before we got the next shipment. Right. And we sold out 500 boxes in five years worldwide. <clears throat> what if you made 50,000 boxes of those and they sold in, in a couple of hundred stores? What would have happened? I don't know. There are some uh, commonalities left uh, in the list. The best-selling brands all have at least 20 years or more in in. Famil- familiarity? Familiarity. Familiarity. Just add letters, eh? just I do. randomly. <laughs> to the end user, the cigar <laughs> smoker, who spends their hard-earned money apparently on brands they know and trust. The vast majority, all dollars paid to consumers and premium cigars are spent on the biggest names that are mentioned. They ask the retailers and they're telling them that. Which to say is to me that the consumer doesn't want to take a chance. So they're buying their old standbys, the names they know and trust. Some single sizes, uh, some of these big brands sell more than entire lines of the next tier, just the next tier down. One size will sell more than the entire next tier. And uh, that was very apparent as I looked at retailers sitting and ordering from booth to booth. Listen, I was at a booth. I was watching other booths that were jam-packed. I was the little guy. I'm watching them nonstop. There are about 300 million premium cigars sold in the United States this year. I would guess 80% of them, 240 million, will be, uh, will be owned by just the top 10 manufacturers, and the rest will be splitting the 20%. 
So the top 10 manufacturers are doing 80% of the entire business. <clears throat> Remember, there was 100 new brands there, but 80% are coming out of 10 of them. Um, this is known as the 80-20 rule, and it applies here. That would include hundreds of other cigar brands and companies that will battle for the crumbs remaining 20% or the 60 million cigars that are left. Several of those crumbs will amount to a fine living for some, and others will just survive from it. But unfortunately, some will fall and simply not have enough sales to cover their overall expenses. Why hasn't any new cigar brands in the top 20 years broke through this barrier? These are all old, old brands. When all you hear the customer is looking for is what's new. One possibility is that manufacturers have been forced to bring to the market the next thing over and over again, and nobody is concentrating on building what they already have, except for Chris Topper. He's continuing to build what he has. This is very odd that you're here there because you don't actually fit into what's going on. Another possibility uh, might be that maybe, just maybe, it takes 20 years or more to build a brand in the first place. Uh, that, I guess, depends on if you look at the cigar list um, and you see in other uh, commodities. Uh, it's not the country of origin. You have all three top manufacturers represented, including Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua in that list. You have both corporate and family-owned operated business representing in that list, so neither of those are a factor. You have some uh, employing cigar reps, some using brokers, some outside distributors, and some sales staff, and even one of them that uses no sales staff at all. That's Padron. They have nobody, and they're right. on the list. What you do have in common is consistency. Consistent marketing and building of a cigar brand and blend that stays true, consistent, year after year after year. Again, Topper stands there. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that these brands are the best or not the best. I'm just saying that they sell the best. I'm not saying that they're all good or all bad. I'm just saying they're different. But what would they have in common would be consistency. Consistently good or consistently bad. I'll leave that up to your palate, but I'll tell you they are consistent, reliable, and trustworthy for what they are. Um, you may not love a McDonald's hamburger, but no matter what, they are consistent. The same, wherever you go, like it or not, wherever you go, it's the same. The devil you know instead of the devil you don't know. They buy McDonald's hamburgers. Don't you? Billions of people do. And most cigar smokers are buying the big-name brands regardless of how much we talk about boutiques and how hot we think they are. The fact is retailers are going to buy what moves in the humidor and not what's hot or cool anymore. That's what I saw at the trade show. I was looking, despite the fact that there was 100 new, new boutique brands at the show. To me, it looked like the boutique cigar boom is over as we know it, but time will tell. Now, who would like a hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that was it, and uh, it didn't go well. No. No, it didn't go well. It didn't go well, as usual. Can't imagine why, Dave. Yeah. But well, you got am, am I lying? You know, I mean, you, for someone who's been to these shows for a lot of years, I mean, I've seen, you know, all of a sudden, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sitting there with my one or two booths in a small little area, and I'll see someone come in. I have no idea who it is. Then next year, they you know they start off in one booth, then they're at four booths, then all of a sudden, you know. But then now they're gone. So right. I, there's, uh, I guess, at what point do you become not a boutique brand anymore? Mm -hmm. So once you start to, to develop it and build it, I mean, 
I guess we can argue that factor. When did they become not boutique? So that, I, that's, I mean, that'll be this year's because nobody understands what that word boutique means. So in this week's um, editorial that I'll put up is I'm trying to define what a boutique cigar is. And we hear boutique of, of lots of things and beer and all kinds of different things. Um, what is a true boutique? So I think you have large factories that are having that are doing their own boutique things, and then you within, have within a large factory, and then you have someone you know uh, they have a customer that comes and wants to do his boutique brand. So I think there's a difference between those two. I think maybe the one that's just going down there with some money in his pocket and wants to come up with his brand or whatever. I You're think. 119 years old. Are you a boutique brand? You're a family-owned one-man operation. Are you a boutique? I think I'm more of a niche player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you got the squeaky wheel factor in the shop. If you think about the guys that come in that buy boxes, you said Padron in there. So a guy yeah. comes in, he gets two boxes of 3,000 Maduros every single week. That guy does not care what's new. He never asks. He comes in, he gets his boxes. Well, there's certainly more leaves. of them. But I don't care. Not, not that I don't care. Please, let me take that back. Of course, I care what the consumer thinks. But in this article, I'm talking about what does the retailer think. So sure. I was at that trade show, and there wasn't consumers, or there wasn't supposed to be consumers. There's retailers there. What were the retailers doing? The wheat retailers were walking past us. Right. Little little boots and stuff like that, and, and uh, geeky brands, the, the new little hot thing. I was watching them go right past it, maybe give a little little uh, look mm. on their eye or something. But then I would sit them, sit, see them sit down at the big manufacturer's booth, some of the people I said there, with giant long lists. Here's where they were dumping their money. Maybe, oh, let me get a couple of these or something. Oh, this brand is hot. This brand is hot. You're ordering two boxes of cigars from this one, and, you, and, and you're putting your, your life savings yeah. on this one. That's what was happening. Mm-hmm. So what I think you're going to see, I think I'm, I'm a little in the crystal ball here from what I saw. What I'm trying to say is you, you might have a hard time finding these little brands because the, the retailers weren't buying them. That's what I saw. That's all. And at the end of the day, two types of cigars, right? Those are so. Yeah. And those, those are that don't. So that's how I saw it. Barry, you're, you're a cigar geek yourself. Am I way off base here? No, I think uh, me personally, I've changed over the years. Um, you know, back in the day, I was the chaser. You know, before I think Pete became more mainstream and not like a boutique guy, I was the guy that sought down like the East West, which is now the Veracu, yeah. which is, you know, now a mainstream cigar. I don't go chasing after some of these smaller companies anymore like I used to. So... I don't know if it's because I just got tired of being burned for every good one. There seems to be three bad ones that I'd rather go with a company that's, you know, tried and true. hundred new brands this yeah. year. I think I, for me. You I, bought seven of them. I think you're dead on because I yeah. think people are just being tired of being burned. Well, in, it's 2015. A good portion of cigar shops have POS systems. You can run reports and look and see what's selling and what's not. And the smarter buyers are going with what is moving, not with you know, you got one or two squeaky wheel customers that come in and go, I need you to get this X Lancero and put they it, buy put one. Put next to the four boxes you have yeah. from the last four. The, you well, the, the customer buys a Lancero or they, the guy that buys two boxes of Padron or La Florida Minicana at a time. But, you know, that's where you as a retailer, how, the smart money is on the brands that are moving. Yeah. Well, you guys were also talking about, you know, government and FDA and these new regulations, yeah. which could <coughs> potentially eliminate 
a new brand before he has a chance right, to right. succeed. So is that playing a factor as well, you think? I don't think the consumer feels that way. Um, yeah, that the, that the retailer says, why should I bother taking this in when I might have, the to, risk take it so off my, right. might have to take it off my shelf later? <laughs> they don't, by the way, they won't have to take it off their shelf. The, the manufacturer will have to stop making ah. it, but you can still sell them. And maybe they're gold at that point. Maybe it's like, oh, my God, they don't even make this thing anymore because they can't. But I got the very last of them. The price is doubled. Supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But what I do know right now, it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. That's right, that's Asylum. (coughs) A scuffle in Florida between Karen and Susan ended when Karen cold-cocked her domestic partner with the business end of a very large vibrator. The assault happened right in front of a policeman, and Karen was arrested and charged with battery. This is not the first time that a dildo has been used as a weapon in a fight between lesbians, but it is the first time anyone has managed to work in the phrase cold-cocked, vibrator, and battery into the same story. That's insane. Batteries are not included. That's asylum. Got a little old Fod Freddy mixed in with asylum and no debonair at all. Welcome. So, Chris Topper, when's the 8x80 Topper coming out? Uh, <laughs> never. <Yeah. laughs> the thickest ring gauge you have, 50. This Four. Is 54. 54. 54 on the... Perfect. Bellicoso. Okay. All right, on the Bellicoso. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, good news and bad news in the cigar industry. We have it all. Mr. Jonathan has uh, some good recluse tweets. Get some good tweets. Get some good tweets. Uh, We'll be the judge of that. Old Fart Freddy and lots more. We're smoking top of cigars in the Connecticut River Valley. Look at that tobacco behind us. If you're watching, if you're listening, you got smell-o-vision, smell it. You can smell it. It's fantastic. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Savor this moment. The sparks of conversation. The anticipation of that first draw. Savor the story shared over a cigar like this. A cigar that makes this moment classic. The Avo Classic. Savor a composition of handcrafted Dominican leaf. Graced with notes of 25-year-old tobacco. Richly complex, yet remarkably smooth. Savor a harmony of creamy, balanced flavors. A duet of two cigar virtuosos, jazz and cigar legend Avo Uvesian and master blender Hendrik Kellner. A cigar meant to be shared with friends old and new. The Avo Classic. Savor every note. 
Visit your local tobacconist or see the complete AVO line at avo.com. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. I. What does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid... a dwarf. Uh, A little person. No. She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. Your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutia of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as... Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? 
Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. I'll sign up today. Hey, this is cigar smoking citizen Steve Saka, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios today in Ellington, Connecticut, at the Connecticut Broadleaf Fields. I think they're buying La Flor Dominicana. I think they're buying Broadleaf from here, too. Uh, I think I said something to John about that. But this is uh, we're in the curing barn right at the door that opens up. If you're, if you're watching it, you can see all the beautiful tobacco behind us. Uh, Friday, they're going to be cutting it down, hanging up in the barns that we're in. And this uh, you'll see on the shelves in probably about three years uh, around a uh, beautiful cigar, a topper cigar. Uh, we got cigar news from Bad News Barry. Good news, Mr. Jonathan. Old Fart Freddy. Trademark news and lots more. Welcome back, everybody, to Cigar Authority. We're smoking the topper, 1896 Dan Lee Toro. Phenomenal cigar. Really is exceptional. $2.95. Let me say that again. $2.95. And uh, I think I've convinced them to actually at least double the price. Have I, have I done anything? <laughs> Just so people won't look at it and think it's a $2.95 cigar? We'll have to do an experiment in your store and see what happens. Because maybe it'll sell better at $5 or $6. $2.95. I promise you, buy these and you will not think you're smoking a $2.95 cigar. You'll just pay $2.95, but uh, you buy them by the box. 25 cigars in a, in a thing, just buy it by the box. Don't even second-guess it. I'm telling you, I wouldn't let you down. Just buy them by the box. That's it. It's the yep. way to go. It's in a box. It's in a wooden box on top of it. It has right. a band on it. has cellophane. It's imported. S-chip tax. All this. If you go any further, people are going to think you own the brand. I'm just saying. It's nuts, though. It's, We're talking nuts. during the break. I go, really? Did I do? <laughs> is this what I pay? And this is what I, yeah, this is what it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so, Barry, new cigars hitting the shelves and trademarks. What do you got? Well, each week we share the newest cigars to arrive at twoguyscigars.com. And this week the edition is the My Father Limited Edition. The fifth anniversary of the My Father Limited Edition has hit the shelves. And the cigar, which originally made its debut in 2010, is available in limited quantities. And if I may say so myself, it might be the best My Father limited edition to date. It's pricey, though, right? It is pricey. How much? Uh, $2.95. It's more than $2.95. <laughs> yeah, it is. 22 and change? Yes. Is it? 22 I believe. And uh, the following trademark applications for registration were submitted this week under tobacco products. RRP Cigars, LLC, which is the parent company of Guayacan Cigars, which is the same factory that makes Kilo, which will debut next week, has filed for Sabor de Esteli. And the Tobacconist Association of America has filed for their namesake, as well as TAA exclusive. Mm. And that's mm. this week's trademarks and new releases. It took them a little while to uh, file for that, huh? I guess. It must be uh, 80 years. <laughs> 80 years, and they said... Think we should uh, put a trademark on that? Yeah. There we go. It's time to go into the aging room right now with our buddy, Old Fat Freddy. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes 
Aging makes a great cigar even better, just like Aging Room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our Aging Room is Old Fart Freddy. This is Old Fart Freddy from the Aging Room. We're here to talk to you about how the birds and the bees change as we get older. In my day, when you got a little action, it meant the blonde from math class got to see Pythagoras's theorem under the bleachers. Nowadays, getting a little action means you roll on two without the help of fiber or prune juice. In my day, I never needed help saluting Old Glory, if you know what I'm saying. Nowadays, I have enlisted the help of a little blue pill. My wife takes one in the morning and one at night. As she gets smaller, he gets taller. In my day, foreplay consisted of sweet nothings whispered, cuddling, and a little ear nibbling. The girls went crazy over it. Nowadays, Mrs. Fat Freddy is going to have to settle for the first two because my teeth are usually in the other room. We were sexually charged mathematicians who had no trouble rising to the occasion. Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged some are not. Me and Mrs. Fat Freddy just got lucky in the parking lot. We managed to find our car. There we go. And while this is going on, Mr. Jonathan <laughs> makes his head bob up and down. Because like it's he, true. He's approving of the whole message. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, I got away with it again. <laughs> he approves of his own crap <clears throat> that he lays out there. Anyway. Exactly. Bad news, Barry. What's the news? Well, it's been a quiet week as a lot of uh, Good. governments are on vacation. Good. They're out. So only one item to report, and it's the city of Pleasanton, California, which is 25 miles outside of Oakland. They've seen the city council vote to ban smoking in parks. And that's it for the week. Good. Take take the rest of the year off. Uh, (laughs) Bad news, Barry, on that crap. Go ahead. All right. Uh, We have Edgewater, New Jersey this week deciding against raising the tobacco age to 21, which was introduced last week. Also a New bill in Massachusetts will prevent local governments from banning legal products such as cigars. The bill is a direct response to Westminster, who tried to ban all tobacco sales in the city. And finally, Republican Tom Emer from Minnesota is scheduled to file the Cuba Trade Act of 2015. The measure would remove the restrictions that prohibit American business to do business with Cuba. This is to end the embargo. It has been filed. And it would also allow Americans to travel freely to the island nation, which would be, this is essentially overturning Helms-Burton is what, yeah. mm-hmm. what they're going so, for. This is somebody, the first person filing to end the embargo. Good. Good, but we'll see that this will go nowhere politically because they, you got the Speaker of the House and you got a whole mess going on. But it's a first step. It's the first person doing it now, wheeling and dealing and uh, money. It's a long ch- process. Yeah, money changing and lots of stuff. But it's a process, but... It, Something's happening. We're going to see it. I think we're going to live through it, um, and I think it's going to happen uh, with Mr. Obama in office. That's what I think is going to happen. I thought it would be happening by now, but it's been a, It's the government. It's going to slow down, right? It's automatic. That's part of uh, what it is. Best tweets of the week are brought to you by Recluse Cigars. Here they are. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigars that were built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today, and these are the best tweets I saw all week. A frog intentionally threw himself in front of my lawnmower. He must have been 
committing suicide. Boo. Boo. A taco salad is the worst way to eat a taco, and yet the best way to eat a salad. You would know that, you barry-ass wife. Yeah. <laughs> I bet spiders were disappointed when they saw the World Wide Web. I like it. Web. There we go. Huh? <laughs> if you love someone, set them free. If they come back, it means no one else liked them. Set them free again. And the best tweet I saw all week, four out of five dentists recommend chewing Trident gum, while the fifth is out slaughtering protected African wildlife. Here we go. Here we go. Today's social media was brought to you by Recluse Cigars, rolled into bar the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. Here we go. So the first cigar we smoked today was the Topper Breva. Breva, and uh, that was part of the Cigar Authority care package. Uh, it was the first cigar ever, so another first for Topper Cigars. Uh, we put this care package together because you, the listener, was saying we want to smoke along with you. What can There's we do? All kinds mm. of begging and whining. So for $19.99, you're going to get four cigars in the mail every single month. You sign up on thecigarauthority.com and you say, put me in, $19.99 includes shipping. You'll get four cigars. The first, during the month, and this is August 1st, we've gone through one cigar so far. You have it in your pack. You smoked it along with us. It was the topper cigar. So um, if you want in on it, you can join in at any time, but you'll get next month's yeah. when we ship that out. So this month is obviously there and it's all set. So... Um, Four cigars, nineteen ninety nine includes shipping. If you're interested, you can go on to the CigarAuthority.com page. You'll see it on the right-hand side. Click it. It'll take you to our friends at Two Guys Smoke Shop, and they'll ship it out for you. Or you can call 888-224-4272. Um, and you can cancel this at any time, but you won't because if you got the package, you've got it in front of you, you're doing the math, you're doing the calculation, you go, this is unbelievable. I should just buy ten of these things, but you can't. You can only buy one. So if you're interested in doing it, please do that. Glad to have you on board. Uh, all right, going to look to our calendar very quickly to see what we got coming up. Um, I've been looking forward to this uh, tobacco barn and fields thing. Mm. So uh, next week we're going to smoke new cigars, new cigars from the trade show. Maybe we'll smoke so we can go through a lot of them, sure. five, four different cigars <laughs> an hour, uh, and get through a lot of these. There's so many new cigars to get through. August 15th, Camacho will be at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Nashville, New Hampshire. It's a three-day three day event, Thursday, Friday, leading up to the grand finale on Saturday. Barry is going to be grilling. What? Uh, we're going to have uh, this monstrous grill that's there, and uh, they, you, you slam the thing to ring the bell, whatever yeah. you call that. Strongman competition. You know that? You, Absolutely. That's where the word came from, close but no cigar. That's where that it comes game? from. So I'm grilling and photography. And photography. And doing a radio show. show. Wow. And you're on vacation. Yes. Huh? Wow. Not bad. Now, huh? is this going to be like Mr. Jonathan's grilling on the 4th of July? No. No. no see, I have, I have a proven track record. I've already done this at last year's Camacho event okay. in Seabrook, and nobody got sick, and the food was real. All right. So uh, on, April, on August 22nd, the following week, uh, it's too good to be true. Eric Newman from Jason Diamond Newman. Crown, yep. Jason Newman Cigars from Diamond Crown is going to be there. And uh, he's doing a promotion that I can just say is too good to be true. Love it. And we'll say what it is. Uh, maybe we can't even say what it is while it's going on. But uh, if you're around the area, you will want to go because it's too good to be true. August 29th. <clears throat> 
Cuba versus Dominican. And you'll see what that's all about. Uh, September 5th, Omar DeFrias from Fratello Cigar joins us for cigars and a dance-off Love it. with Mr. Jonathan. Pants off, dance-off, baby. <laughs> so we got a lot going on uh, in the calendar, and uh, just stick with us. Again, if you want to be uh, smoking along with us, Cigar Care Package. You'll see it on the CigarAuthority.com site. So that's it. What do we have uh, on our mailbags, Mr. Jonathan? Well, the following was submitted through the Contact Us page of the CigarAuthority.com, and Russ writes, Hello, big fan of all you guys on the podcast. After listening to the Smoking Kilo and discussing Copycats podcast, I fully realized that Kilo, while highly rated, might be a bit... Highly rated by Barry. By you. You. you I you didn't smoke it. one. I purposely didn't smoke one that show. Oh, all right. <laughs> you wanna... No, but did you rate it? No. You never rated that No, cigar? you have the review. Mr. Jonathan rated it. The uh, Dink title is now shifting from Barron's over to Dave. Um, I didn't give it a number. Right. I didn't rate it because I said it's a pre-production it's cigar. A cigar. I didn't... So, no, I didn't. I didn't. Go ahead. Can I finish? It's too strong for me. While highly rated, this is just Russ writing this. It doesn't mean it's a fact. All right. It might be a bit fuller bodied than I can handle. However, with the amount of respect I have for you guys, I might give it a go. Give it a go. Anyway. Yeah. That having been said, I have two more questions. You haven't asked a question yet. Uh, The United Robusto Maduro and the United Robusto Natural. How would you rate them on strength? And from some of the reviews, I would guess them on a medium plus, and I'm a medium strength cigar smoker. Would these be out of my wheelhouse? That's question number one. Smoke them both. That's it. At the price, you can't go wrong. Smoke them both. Every time. I lean myself more toward the milder side of medium anyways, and that that Maduro is not too strong by any stretch. Mm -hmm. Secondly, on a recent podcast, you discussed budget cigars and answered a question of mine on your first pick of budget cigars. Based on that, I'm looking at the Garofalo Torpedo. From what I've read, this would be a mild to medium cigar. Is that the case? It's not a budget. You're talking eight bucks. Yeah, seven seven fifty. Yeah, it's not a budget. You want a budget cigar? Yeah. You're smoking it right here. That's pretty expensive. It's a mild. Yeah. It's, a, it's a mild. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Chris Travis saying, "My God, I'll give you a five pack." <laughs> but it's a mild cigar that slowly transitions toward medium. That's the way I would describe Garofalo. Mild, it goes to medium. It transitions slowly to medium. Hmm. Uh, he finishes up with saying, thanks again, keep up the good work. On a side note, I can pronounce cinnamon, but I have no idea what a pea pod tastes like. And that's signed so he's Russ. he's listening. He's listening. And that was Russ? Yeah. That was Russ. I think he's a fat guy. Huh? <laughs> Russ, are you a fat guy too? Hey, we can talk. It's like he, I can say it because I'm one of them. Right? That's right. Go ahead. Fill in the blank. Go ahead. <laughs> You fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Russ, new vacation movie coming out, guys. Have you seen I, it? Know, yeah. I know. I know. It, it looks so bad to uh, me. I I'm don't gonna, know. I'm going to watch like, it. Like, leave the original alone. It's like remaking Honeymooners. You just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. they've tried. They've tried. Listen, uh, final thoughts on uh, Top of Dan Lee. It's outstanding. I mean, look look at the burn. The wrapper is well-aged. You, uh, other would you call than the it fact- a shot filler? Would you call it a mix filler? It's a mix filler. Mix filler. Yeah, the, mix. the ash doesn't stay on for a country mile, but you know what? You get an inch out of the ash and it falls off. It's no big deal. I'm going to get more than an hour out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. More than an hour out of a Toro. It has, it's not burning fast. It is sweet. There is subtle spice like on a Christmas cookie. Yeah. It is just... Well, it it's is, been a couple hours it since it you ate, It is the best huh? $3 cigar I will ever smoke, and it's worth at least double that. Chris, raise the price. Seriously. Topper tops them all. You've been saying this since 1896. Six. 
1896. Who was the president in 1896? B.P. Topper. It was my great-grandfather. Well, the president of the United oh, States. Oh, I don't know. John, <laughs> I think it was John Hancock. He was John the president. Hancock. I think it was John, John Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> Comes from, yeah. That's from last week's thing, and we did get some email on that. Yes, we did. And uh, I, I, when, they, when they do bad email about, about me, I include it in. When they do it against these two guys, I don't like to do it. But I, I like it. I, I can know. take it. <laughs> I can take it. Well, you get plenty. I, I certainly just, do. I, I just hold a lot of that back from you, just not to discourage you. Okay, next week uh, we'll make our way back to New Hampshire, and instead of smoking uh, one of the oldest cigar brands uh, like Topper, celebrating 120 years coming up, we'll light up new ones. All new cigars next week on the Cigar Authority. Until then, for Mr. Jonathan, Barry Stein, Chuck Morrison, I'm David Garofalo. Thank you, Chris Topper, for letting us uh, be part of your, uh, this is your surroundings, man. This is your home. Great to be here with you. Thank Thank you for letting us be part of it. Uh, So long from the Connecticut River Valley, you've been listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And if you've learned nothing from the last two hours and you happen to be smoking a Topper Breva or Topper Dan Lee, absolutely keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll see you guys next week right here on the United Cigar Radio Network. Take a trip into another world. CAO Columbia. The newest addition to CAO's World Blends is a delicious addition to the CAO collection. It's the first cigar to prominently feature Colombian tobacco and is a mild to medium-bodied blend boasting notes of toasted nuts sprinkled with briny nuances. Using a tobacco from the isolated mountainous region of Colombia, Aiku Mazinga Tobacco is a unique and rare find that provides a smoking experience you won't forget. For a savory smoke that takes you to another world, visit CAO Columbia. Yeah, you want to know what Lenny Clark has to say about Two Guys Smoke Shop? Two guys, the Two Guys Smoke Shops guys are the nicest guys. And I'll tell you, sometimes you go into a cigar store, you really don't know what you're looking for. It's very intimidating. And a lot of times people have a tendency to be arrogant with you, like they know it all. Not those guys. I want the guys up at the Two Guys Smoke Shop. If you're a first-time smoker or you're looking for a great, go in and see them. They'll put you at ease. They'll make you feel at home. They'll get you the best the guy you can get for the best deal. You can't beat it. And then whenever I'm in New Hampshire again, if I'm in high-speed police chase or something, I'll stop in and have a smoke with those two guys. Why, thank you, Lenny Clark.